All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of What's What BR. Today, we have Mindy Calandro with us, pediatrician from Baton Rouge Clinic. Hey, Mindy, how are you? Doing great. How are you today? I'm good. It um, Normally, I always have been able to say, like, awesome weather during all this. <laughs> We're in the gray area of awesome weather, I think, today. I know. I know. We, the, it seems like the rain in our typical uh, summer pattern started just, just right about the time people are starting to want to get out and about. <laughs> Yeah, time to go do something. No, nope. Mother Nature says you get a little bit of rain. Stay back there. Don't go. You've, you've been on the bike too much, you know, yep. the last couple of weeks. So, so tell me, you're a pediatrician over at Badner's Clinic. Um, looks like you're back in the office, you know, over there. Uh, I think we were talking a little before. You got to you started coming back in, opening things up a little bit, huh? Yeah, it's really been great. You know, uh, when all this started, we um, kind of really had to limit how much we were um, in the office, you know, what patients we were bringing into the office, um, you know, and now we've been able to kind of open the office back up, bringing our patients back in the office, which as a pediatrician is so very important, you know, well child care is of utmost importance. And, you know, those those couple weeks in there where people were under that stay home order and we were not, not able to have kids in the office, you know, my biggest fear was missing those well child checks. Um, um, which are just so very important, especially those times when vaccines are are given. So now that we're back in the office, you know, we're really trying to get all of our patients back in, get those checkups done, make sure we get those vaccines taken care of. It's really interesting when you look at various um, areas around the country, um, especially those hard hit areas, they've actually noticed huge decrease in vaccination rates since all of this started, which is of course very scary just with, you know, our vaccines prevent so many things that we certainly don't want to see a recurrence of while we're dealing with uh, coronavirus. So um, one of the big messages I've been trying to get out to all of my families is that the office is safe. It is, you can bring your children in. We have a lot of things that we have put into place in the office to make your visit here a safe one to keep our healthy kids healthy. We have a completely separate area where we are seeing any children that have fever, separate entrance. We've pretty much, you know, we're not using our waiting rooms for anybody right now. We have masks and all of our providers wear gloves and things like that. So there's a lot of safety measures in place. So that's, you know, a big message I definitely want to get out there is that if your children are due for checkups, make sure bring them in. They're so, so important, those checkups you do with us as pediatricians. Yeah, I didn't, I'm thinking about it as you're talking. I'm, you know, kind of running math in my head. You know, we've been doing this almost two and a half months now. And, you know, if, and I heard, you know, pretty much we said that what I'd heard was, you know, you know, well visits were shut down, you know, it's, we're not doing them. And so that would make sense, you know, vaccination, you know, that's almost though, but two and a half months, 12 months out of a year, you know, that's almost 20% of, you know, well visits, you know, that have been put on the shelf. And so people, parents, you know, it's like, I know it's crazy things going on, but like you need to rebook that appointment. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah. I mean, in a 12, in a two month time span, you know, at two months, there's vaccines and at four months, there's vaccines. So if that time happened to occur during this whole thing with coronavirus, that's two set of vaccines. So, um, you know, definitely it's, it's so important. You know, I've, I've, we've been reaching out, trying to contact all of our parents and patients that we know that might've fallen during that time with vaccines, just so we can make sure we get them in and get, get all those vaccines caught up really quickly. All right. And to state the obvious for somebody who's 
just not really we're not able to do vaccines over telemedicine it's just yeah. we're not there yet you've got to come in yet. you know we uh um you know one day who knows what what may we might be able to do but you know that that falls into that you know telemedicine was was a great thing especially when we needed it and could not bring our patients into the office um there were certain things that you know easily we can kind of talk about over telemedicine but there's really nothing that is better than actually being able to put my hands on my patients and do a full physical exam. Um, and, and again, yeah, those vaccines are just so important. You have to be here in person so we can get those taken care of. And so you guys are, the clinic's back open, you know, call, make an appointment, putting things together. That's the, just get it on the to-do list and get it done. You know, kind of thing. There's not much, you know, we, we should have to talk you into it. It's, but also, it's not just a vaccine, but you can also come in if you need something, you know, if you need, you know, check up, it doesn't have to be, because I know I talked uh, with a friend of mine, he was having, you know, his mother was having, you know, huge trouble with doing the telemedicine because of trying to, you know, type in some of the passwords and it just wasn't work. like, it's great depending if you hit the demo, right? Okay. If you hit the demographic, it works out great, but there's a lot of people that just couldn't get it to work or couldn't, you know, it worked by and large for the most part everywhere from what I've heard, but just the user experience sometimes for, you know, some of the older, you know, elderly wasn't, you know, there. And so they needed to get back in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, even outside, of, even outside of pediatrics, you know, there's so many things that are so important in the adult population too. Chronic illness, yearly checkups for any of those chronic illnesses, high blood pressure, diabetes, all of those checkups and visits are just so, so important with, with your, with your medicine doctor, um, blood work, getting your routine blood work done. You know, we have our lab back up and running full steam ahead, you know, any of those, those things that people may have put off, um, during these initial state at home orders during this initial time with coronavirus, I really encourage people to, to go ahead, reach out, you know, find out again, we have a lot of things in place here at the Baton Rouge clinic to make sure that anybody who visits the clinic, it's a safe experience, um, you know, reducing chances for illness, things like that. So I encourage everybody, reach out to your to whoever your provider might be and get in, make sure you get those those checkups done. Um, we don't want to, you know, look, you know, not not address something that really needs to be addressed simply because we are worried about coronavirus. Because as I've been telling families, this coronavirus, it's going to be around for a while. And so we we need to make sure that we are continuing to take care of, of everyone from a healthcare standpoint. Yeah, I was telling, talking to someone, you know, over the weekend, and we were saying, you know, the, the virus isn't, you know, hasn't gone away, you know, because we've gone and we didn't do a stay at home order and it went away. But, you know, the purpose was we didn't want to overwhelm the healthcare system. You know, we're still there. We don't have, you know, there's not a vaccine, you know, that's out right now. But this is more controlling, you know, it's a virus. It's kind of got to work its way through, you know, the system. You know, yeah. so. you know, this, this virus, again, I, I, I do not think this virus is going to go anywhere for quite some time. You know, if we think about the typical, typical viruses, so think about the flu, we see the flu every year. Think about something like RSV, respiratory syncytial virus in kids. We see it every year, regular, your, you know, non-COVID-19, regular other coronaviruses that we see. That's the common cold. We see those come and go throughout the year all the time. So, so Yes, the, the stay-at-home order was very important. We had to, you know, that, that buzzword was flattening the curve. So we did not want to overwhelm our healthcare system. And so that's why it was so important with that initial, initial stay-at-home order. So now we've gotten to a point where we feel like, hopefully, that if we were to see an increase in cases, that our healthcare system would be able to handle that increase in cases. Um, but, but yeah, this, this virus is not going to go anywhere for quite some time.
And you guys have made some changes. You had mentioned just real quickly in passing, but to bring it up so people feel comfortable was you weren't using the waiting rooms now. You know, it's mm -hmm. come, you know, how's that process yes. work for somebody who maybe is concerned that I do want to get in, but I don't want to go sit in a yeah. high volume waiting room and, you know, get crammed up with a bunch of people I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in, in pediatrics, what we have done is that when our parents arrive to the parking lot, they call and they say, hey, we're in the parking lot. And then my nurse will call them and say, we're ready for you in exam room one. And they come directly back to exam room one. And so that, that way we're kind of bypassing any of those waiting rooms. Any waiting rooms that we are using, so for example, down in the lab, all of our waiting rooms we've been now set up to where there is appropriate social distancing, so at least six feet between any chairs. Um, we have constantly people coming in, wiping down all surfaces, and, and you know, it, that might be in any of those waiting rooms. Um, certainly all of our exam rooms are getting um, extra cleaning between every single patient. Again, as I said, in pediatrics, we have a completely separate part of the building where we're seeing any children that might have fever or respiratory symptoms. They come in a separate entrance um, and, and are in a separate separate area of our clinic right now, which um, which I think has been able to provide a really good peace of mind for, for parents. And, and, you know, it's something we want to make sure we want to be able to take care of children when they're sick, but we also have to make sure that we're doing it in a way where we're keeping our healthy kids well. So tell me, you mentioned, you know, peace of mind for parents. Um, one of the, I think the questions that, you know, parents are wondering is as businesses are starting to open back up and, you know, some of them with, you know, little ones, especially, you know, I would think this be kind of your wheel, wheelhouse for the pediatrics. What about daycare? You know, we've seen some daycares have stayed open, some have stayed closed. I've seen some are opening and they're saying, you know, they need to wear a mask. And I'm going, you're going to put a mask on a two-year-old? <laughs> How's that work for you? You know? Yeah. So, you know, I think when it comes to, so daycare, between daycare and like camp questions, those are the probably the things I get numerous times every single day. It's one of what's on everybody's mind. And I think the most important take home point here is that there's no one right or one wrong answer. Like it's going to be decided for every family situation is going to be unique. So if in your family situation, you know, mom and dad have got to work because we've got to have money to provide food for the family, then daycare is definitely, we need to figure that out. We need to do daycare. If mom or dad has an underlying, you know, immunocompromised or some sort of underlying significant health problem and daycare doesn't have to happen, then okay, maybe not for right now. So each family sister situation is really gonna be unique. I think important things when it comes to daycares, most pretty much all the daycares that parents have that I've you know parents have been talking to me about, they put in some some really important um, things into place as far as how they're working in their daycare. So number one, temperature checks. So they're doing temperature checks on not only the kids that are coming in, but all the staff, and oftentimes multiple times throughout the day. Next, they're keeping their classes probably a little bit smaller. They're not, they're also not changing teachers. You know, in a lot of daycares, you may have one teacher in the morning time for your kids and in the afternoon, you have an afternoon teacher. We've kind of gotten rid of that. We were trying, you know, most of those daycares are trying to limit any, you know, growing between different classrooms. Another thing, most daycares are requiring parents to kind of drop their kids off at the door, which sounds kind of crazy to a parent, but you know, it's, it's keeping parents from coming in and out. Again, the more people you have coming in and out of any type of facility, the increased chance you have of bringing in any extra germs. So we, we talked with one, um, or not the daycare, but I'd heard they were not only taking, you know, their employees temperature, they were taking the kids temperature. They weren't letting the parents out of the car. It was mm -hmm. like, call when you come and we're taking your child's temperature in the car and your temperature. When like if in? you, if you were the parent, if you had a fever, 
and even if your child didn't, they were, you know, not letting, you know, go through. So, and they were coming to pick them up in the parking lot. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, I know it, it's, it's, it's kind of a, just a different way of thinking, but I think going forward again, we've got to live with this virus. So we're going to have to just think a little bit differently about how we're doing things. And, and I think that those are all really important and good measures um, that, that daycares have in place. Um, a lot of them also are doing, you know, extra cleanings, things like that. They're not, as far as toys, if one kid has played with a toy, that toy then goes out of the rotation as much as possible. So really trying to kind of limit things that everybody is sharing, using disposable, you know, forks, plates, things like that when kids are eating at lunchtime, extra wipe downs at the table, all those kind of things. Um, I know a lot of daycares have, have certainly put in place. So, and I have, I have plenty of families who have been using daycare through all of this because they just, they need to, they have to, both parents are working, they could be in the healthcare field and, and, and it's okay. You know, as long as it's done in a good way and in a safe manner that these daycares are, are opening, then I, I think that that is definitely fine. Again, every family situation is going to be unique. Yeah. I think everybody's got to, you know, it, things are getting cleaned and everybody's taking the most, you know, the, you're a lot better than you were two and a half months ago, three <laughs> months ago. You know, people are cleaning things. Yeah. You know, I did, I had to cancel a cruise or a mm-hmm. cruise got canceled, you know, yeah. that I went on and somebody asked me, there was a bunch of people doing the, you know, do you cash out, get your money back? Do you leave mm-hmm. it for, you know, a credit going forward? And I left mine and somebody was like, you're crazy. And I said, that's going to be the cleanest boat in the world. <laughs> when that thing opens back up, I can promise you, yeah, you won't catch anything. They're going to make sure of it. So I think it's, it's a mental, you know, hump that we've all got to get over as well, you know, to some degree. Yeah. Um, with that, you know, kind of in the same vein, but a little different on the summer camp, you said, you know, I know we're getting calls, social media is lighting up. It's like, this is the $64,000 question. Is there, I think it's like, is there going to be summer camp? And then what is going to happen in the fall with school? Those are the two things that everybody wants to know. But summer camp right now, is that, are you seeing, or people want, is there anything special that you've heard camps are requiring or asking for? So I think, you know, again, when it comes to summer camp, again, you have to look at family situations going to be first off, you know, both the health of the family at home the health of your child, you know, if you have 90 year old great grandma who's living at home, it's probably gonna change the situation. When it comes to summer camp, I think there's a few other things to kind of ask yourself. So if your child has been waiting for the entire year since last summer to go to this summer camp and it is so important to them, I think that has to play into your decision about letting them go to a summer camp. Um, I, I think, you know, kind of taking a step back for a second, I think there's a lot with coronavirus, you know, we know the health things that we're worried about, especially in our older population or people with underlying health concerns. And in pediatrics, I'll tell you some of the things that I'm actually worried about are some of the the mental health things that we're seeing in kids, the lack of socialization. We've now missed, you know, a quarter of a school year. So these are all the things that we also have to think about in a pediatric population. So now when it's coming time to things opening back up and the possibility of summer camps, I think that, again, if, if the family situation fits correctly, we're going to be able to have children who can do some socializing. I think it's actually really important for kids' mental health as well. Similar to daycares, there should be some things in place for summer camp. So temperature checks, of course, um, trying to limit the number of kids probably. So these prior summer camps where you might have had 30 kids inside of one classroom, that's probably going to be a little different. It's going to be smaller groups and it should be smaller groups. Kind of staying, you know, between being outside and then maybe one classroom rather than moving around to a bunch of different places throughout a summer camp. I think that's important. 
Um, and then just they're cleaning the, you know, cleaning things that they're going to be using. So if somebody is using equipment, make sure it gets cleaned really well before somebody else is going to use it. You know, it may be if it's a computer camp, everybody has their set computer that they're going to use for the whole week while they're there, rather than people changing computers and sharing and things like that. I think instituting just really important, really good hand washing, hand hygiene, all those kind of things are really important as well at camp. So, you know, I would foresee that if you're going to camp, you're going to see a whole lot of hand sanitizer bottles everywhere, maybe extra sinks, you know, depending on where it is, but making sure we're taking extra, extra stops by the sink um, before eating or before, you know, when we've been playing, things like that. I think those are going to be really important. I told someone the other day that I was coining the phrase that what people were first, were first and foremost, people don't realize everything that these camps are having to go through and do, you know, to get ready. It's an incredible amount. Everybody that I talk to, there's they general public, we I believe, is thinking, well, they just need more space and you know more counselors and spread the kids out, and yeah. that's the furthest thing from it. Right. There's so many. I know one camp that got fogging machines, but mm-hmm. you know, from listening to some of them, and I, what I was getting at, what I told somebody the other day, is I think 2020 is going to be the year that the water fountain dies because oh, yeah. there'd be like, no sh- no water fountains. <laughs> like, you, can you imagine? That's, I'm t- I think this is, you know, we're going to see, yes. and I know some of the camps, they're pulling out water fountains and replacing them with the contactless water bottle, you know, that you can fill mm-hmm. up. But I'd never thought about that until I'd heard mm-hmm. some of this and I was going, you know, nobody's going to want to touch. Like my kids four months ago, I would just cringe and watch when they drank out of a water fountain. You know, it's seven years old. I'm like, what are you doing to that water fountain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's like, no. And I just think you're going to see them go away. Like who wants to go use a water fountain right now? Yeah. So. No, it's, it's, it's very true. I mean, you know, it, and it may be some camps are going to require kids to bring their lunch from home. You know, they're not going to have like, you know, serve yourself in the line at the cafeteria because then that sharing of utensils, things like that. So it's going to be changes like that, that I think camps are going to think about and make those kind of changes to, again, add just a more, the more and more levels of safety and preventative things that they're doing, then the safer it, make it makes it for kids. Yeah, and you mentioned before, you know, there's more, you know, there's some of the, you know, the mental health, you know, around some of this that, you know, a lot of these kids, I think we're all getting a little bit of a pause, but, you know, I know mine had been, you know, pretty much home for the most, you know, they hadn't seen friends, you know, it's, they've had, you know, some people come and go, but there's a whole mental component to this to where, you know, once things get moving again and, I think uh, I heard one of my youngest mentioned, we told him we were going to have to go somewhere. And he was like, I don't want to get the virus. You know, it's like we conditioned Mm -hmm. wherever you are, you know, in fear factor with the virus. But if you've Mm -hmm. sat there, you know, our kids are looking to us and just going, Mm -hmm. oh, we have to stay at home because there's a virus. You know, it could be a lot worse in their minds, Mm -hmm. you know, than it actually, you know, is potentially. It's hard, and it's always hard because, you know, when kids have stress or worry, I think the most important thing is reassurance from parents. And as a parent, we want to be able to give them the answers and tell them, hey, it's going to be completely okay because here's what I know and here's what's going to happen. But as we've all learned with this virus, there's just, we don't know. It changes every day for some of these things. So as a parent, it's kind of hard for you to be able to give that just 100%. I know exactly what's going to happen, but I think just having that conversation of, yeah, you know, we stayed home at the beginning because we were learning about this virus. And now that we've started to learn about it, here's some things we can probably do. And here's how we're going to be safe about it. So that when we are going to go see our friend, 
here's how we're going to have to act. You know, we're not going to, we might not hug our friend like we might have before. We're going to make sure and wash our hands. We're going to make sure we're going to play outside when we go. All those kind of conversations can be had as parents, you know, making sure we're reassuring and telling kids, okay, I understand your concern or why you're worried because that's, we've talked about that before, but here's how we're going to do going forward. And here's how we're going to handle that concern going forward. That's awesome. So where does that fall in your realm? You know, does it start, you know, if a parent has a question, you know, do they, can they lean to you, the pediatrician to start, you know, and say, you know, this isn't, maybe it's not something physical. Maybe it's more of a mental, do I go that direction? Which, you know, which way is it? You know, I've, I've had plenty of conversations recently with parents and, and, you know, trying to figure out like where where we fall when it comes to what we can do right now. And, and how I always start that conversation again is what is our risk as a family? What does your family situation look like? And from there, we kind of figure out, okay, well, what's, what's safe to do? Can we go, are, are we fine to go play at the park? Um, are we going to be okay to go to a summer camp? Can we go visit, you know, a friend who's also been in quarantine? I think that's a great discussion to start, you know, with your pediatrician. I think especially if your children are showing any signs of, say, anxiety, um, sadness, things like that, that's definitely an important conversation to have with, with your pediatrician as well. Little kids, especially, they don't come out and say, hey, I'm sad today or, hey, I'm worried today. It's usually it's a big change in behavior. They're acting out differently. And and granted, yes, you know, for a parent who's been home with their kid for two and a half months now, you have your days where your kids are like, Whoa, you're pulling your hair out. Um, but but big changes, you know, kids aren't sleeping like they used to. Or, you know, your child becomes very clingy to where they used to be very social and would want to talk and be engaged with other people. And you're seeing that changing. Those are important things for parents to kind of be mindful of. And if you notice those changes, make sure to have that conversation with your pediatrician. It's a, it's a great place to start and then kind of figure out what, you know, what the next step would be to kind of address that. I think it's, you know, I've always thought, you know, we've had, you know, we've talked to some other, you know, doctors and, you know, the, it's the doctor, you know, the, especially for the little kids, you know, that's, they know that's, you know, the doctor, you know, it's, there's power behind that, mm -hmm. you know, and they respect, you know, whether maybe you're scared a little bit, but to, you know, maybe, maybe it's time, you know, maybe it's make the appointment, you know, do that, you know, well visit, get that vaccine and let, give them a chance, you know, to ask questions. You know, it's amazing how much I've noticed that even little, very young kids that we don't even talk to about, you know, this virus, how mm -hmm. much they actually know. And then, it's interesting. I've read, you know, and it was, this wasn't, you know, COVID or kid related, but, you know, the psychology of the way, you know, from what I understand, I've been told is the kind of the way the mind works is when there's gaps, you know, in knowledge to where, you know, the little kids might know that there's a virus and, you know, that people are dying, but you know, how many people are dying? Well, they don't know that they're going to fill that void with a number, you know, and it's usually going to be an extreme, you know, so to be able to give them that platform, anybody just to ask those questions, you know, mm -hmm could eliminate a lot of that anxiety, I'm sure, for, you know, for them and the parents. You know, I think I always say kids are, kids are like sponges. They, from a very early age. And so you might watch something on TV or have a conversation on the phone and not necessarily think that your kiddos are either one watching TV or two listening to you, but I guarantee you they hear things and you're exactly right in their mind, in a three-year-old's mind, they're like, I'm staying at home. I haven't seen my grandmother in a long time and mom seems worried about something. So in their mind that blossoms into something way, probably even worse than, you know, what it, what it might be. And so, um, 
Absolutely. You know, I, I, that's one of my favorite things about being a pediatrician is I always I talk to the kiddos first, really, no matter how old they are. So my three and four year olds, when they come in, I'll, you know, when I walk in the room, cause I wear a mask now all the time in the room and I'll show, tell them, I'll say, did you recognize it was Dr. Calandro? Was it my hair? You know, I'll kind of make a game out of it. How'd you know it was me today? It's still me though, you know, and talk about how it's still me. I just have this mask on. Yeah, that mask is keeping me from getting any germs or passing any germs on to anybody else. So you have to make sure and talk about it in a, in a kid way where they understand. Also, while they're here, you know, I can show them, you know, I wash my hands every time when I'm in exam room. So I'll talk to them saying, hey, what am I doing? How am I keeping my hands clean here? And you can have that conversation with them. And you know, it, it's a great gateway to kind of then see if, if there's something that they're worried about. I have some kids who come in with their masks on and they are so excited to show me their mask and they will tell me that this is their mask to keep them healthy. And we talk about that. So it, it's, it just is a great way. I think, again, it goes back to just all the routine kind of mental health things that we can talk about here in the office, whether it's well checkup time or if a parent has a concern. I think it's really important that Sometimes, you know, just, just kind of let them have that conversation. I have parents all the time that tell me, well, if you say it, then they'll believe it. And I'm like, okay, then if that's what it takes, I'm here for you. That's what my job is. <laughs> well, and I think that's, it's giving the kids a chance to talk or a chance mm-hmm. to ask the questions. Yeah. You know, too many times, you know, I've talked to so many people, we're all so busy trying, you know, we may not be at work, but we're trying to keep up with things and we're running from one thing to another and they're just picking up. They just get fragments. Like you said, they hear, you know, when you're on the phone, they hear one side of that conversation. You could be talking about a movie where, you know, somebody, you know, I know I've done it before. Mike is talking about something with somebody and talking about someone dying on a show or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then they're like, who died? I'm like, nobody, you know, but if you don't address that, you know, they're going to fill that gap, you know, with something, you know, in their imagination, it's probably going to be worse. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's comes down to just checking, you know, making sure that they're okay. You know, the clinic's open now. If you've got a concern as a parent can come back in, you know, make the appointment, different, you know, precautions have been put in place. It's we're getting back, you know, as I tell everybody, you know, the sun's starting to come out again. And I think it's, you know, kind of where we are. Um, I think we have to, again, we got to figure out how we're going to, we have to go on. We have to continue to live. We're going to have to figure out ways that our kids are going to be able to socialize, that they're going to get an education, that they're, they, they, we just are going to have to figure this out because it's not going to be gone anytime soon. I, I can't wait for there to be a vaccine, but that just doesn't happen overnight either. Um, so we've got to figure out ways, safe ways, which again, each family is going to be different, but ways that we can move forward. And we've got to address these, all these different issues as far as our kids' mental health, socialization, but being safe and keeping ourselves healthy. We've got to just kind of go step by step and address those things. Awesome. Well, anything we're forgetting, uh, we've kind of, we've touched from, you know, COVID, the clinics back open, daycares, summer camps, mental health, you know, we've covered a lot of ground, you know, here today. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I encourage parents, again, if you have questions about, you know, your whatever your family situation is, and the possibility of daycare and summer camp, again, reach out to your pediatrician, let us kind of help you let us help you navigate those waters. It's new waters for everybody. Um, and again, there's not one right or one wrong answer. We're kind of working through it, we get we get new information every day about this virus. And that's not only just the virus in general, but I think as adults, we hear most of what we hear throughout the media happens to be about COVID in adults. In pediatrics, you know, we are learning, we're learning more and more, but 
still kids have seemed to fare very, very well with this virus. In certain countries that have gone back to school, actually, it does not look like kids are passing it to kids. Kids that are getting it are getting it from adults. So that's going to be a lot of really great information that we're going to get by having these other countries that have gone back to school. That's really going to help us, I think, when it comes time for thinking about school in the fall for us. So it's just day by day, we're gaining more and more information. So I think just for parents to kind of be aware, all those things are changing daily, um, you know, and just let reach out to your pediatrician if you have a question. That is what we are here for, and we will help you to navigate that. Awesome, and I think that's, you know, and I kind of end this, you know, brainstorming with that, but I think it's important, you know, and so they could hear it from the pediatrician. You don't have to be sick. You know, if you've got a question or you've got, a, this isn't, you know, a, well, we're opening back up and we're only taking people that are super sick. It's like, no, let's get these, you know, well visits back in. If you've got a question, if you've got a concern, don't make medical decisions for you and your family when you're not sure. And don't make them based on what you saw on social media. Dr. Google, Dr. Google is never good. Um, and social media is not always correct either. So on many, many fronts is what I'm here for. It's what I'm here for. Let me answer the question for you. <laughs> Call somebody, come talk to somebody exactly. right here in Baton Rouge that does this for a living, you know, and understands it. So, well, look, Minnie, I appreciate the time today. I know you've got a million things to do. This has been fun. Love to have you come back, talk to us some more, give us some updates. Like we said, it changes every day. So. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Hopefully someday, very, very soon, I'll have some really great hard, hard and cold facts and data and studies about this and kids and that I can tell you that kids are just fine and not going to have any issue with it. So fingers crossed for that, right? <laughs> awesome. Well, Min, you have a great day. We're going to get Thank after you. it. Appreciate it. If I can help you with anything, Appreciate let us know. It. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.